they had this idea for a cool Space Wolf character, and he was going to fight at the Siege of Terra, and then they realized there were no Space Wolves at the Siege of Terra, and they're like, well, <laughs> oh, fuck. What are going to do? Paint in yellow. Yeah. Old Fafnir Ran of the Space Wolves is actually an Imperial fan. You are listening to the White Shield Podcast, the poor man's Warhammer 40,000 experience. Anyway. Welcome back to the White Shield Podcasts, uh, or podcast, White Shield Podcast, singular, one podcast. Yeah. Um, how have you been? <laughs> uh, good, good, good. Been good. Uh, working on a few things uh, project-wise, but I'm kind of short on time now currently, so everything moves to a slow, slow pace, but uh, yeah. Yeah, how's your table coming along? That's the thing, like there's no... <laughs> <laughs> there's... There's not enough time now. Uh, Fair. So, so uh, they've always laid down, like I said, like you, you've seen from the pictures, is it's at the same state. Well, I mean, uh, that looked pretty much done for the most part. It's well, usable. at least it's playable. Yeah. But I, I just want to You'll fluff, it up, fluff it up a bit more. Accessories with, uh, yeah, on exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, where, where you can store your paraphernalia. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But that's at least it's done so I can play. But And I still have to finish my L Blasters. I got two squad to, to do. Like have, you set, have you settled on actually doing Dark Angels? I know you're talking about. Oh yeah, and then I'm looking around. I don't know. No, I don't know. I was uh, maybe I start uh, successor successor chapters and you do your own paint scheme. Uh, I have Ooh, no clue. That's a. That's I was a thinking maybe fun like road to go. Like uh, doing it like a desert dune brownish beige. What, like camouflaged or just just a solid beigey color? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe solid beige color. I don't know. Do them all taupe. <laughs> taupe. Yeah, like a, like a nice salmon pink. <laughs> <laughs> like really 90s. No. Um, I don't know, May I was, uh, I don't know. So the, uh, there, there is one chapter I really did like. I think they're called the Angels of Absolution, and they were a successor chapter, and they were all bone white. Mm. Like they all looked like Deathwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were regular Marines. Yeah. So... Other than that, what else? Uh, not much. No, I'm working on that. Uh, working, looking, and thinking about the 3D printing stuff we keep yeah, talking about. Doing terrain, yeah. Yeah, so, doing our own terrain. That would be wicked. So, in between, do some painting, modeling for 3D stuff, and then uh, I'm just missing time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people, that'd be interesting because if we do get into 3D printing, we could do. Um, but I have the few objective base. markers. Yeah, objective markers. The base is done. Measuring like tools. Flag is a uh, like a objective flag for raised banner height. It's pretty much basic done. Yeah, you just, wanted to do just like need, a, just need a texture thing. You wanted to do like a flat base with like a magnet in it to yeah. put the flag up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be really cool. Um, and then it's like a foundation for every like. Uh, now on my way in, I was thinking, oh, I could do like a freaking huge like a metal raised. Uh, like a second floor thing type so like you got this you got the mat and then you got a second floor with ramps on each side like taking oh, all yeah. the middle you can go under and over well I was trying to say to you because you were saying about the the quality of things in the terrain and stuff too the other day when we were talking about this yeah um, you mean the, what do you mean the you, quality well, well just like the 
I can't remember exactly what you said, but basically you, you, you seemed a little concerned about the quality of what you could, of what we could print or what you could print three dimensionally and make actual is like decent terrain. Yeah. But the actual market, I don't know if you've looked online and this isn't to say any of it shit, but if you look online at the actual 3d printed and like laser cut terrain that companies are making, it's not, it's basic. um, Yeah. It's incredibly basic. It's all just simple shapes and stuff that you just clip together yeah and, yeah, yeah. It's and if even if we, like here in canada there's not much mm-hmm. like the few thing i've seen is like uh all uh from you from the europe or the states and there's not much the like freaking cost on an arm and a leg for basic stuff yeah it is very expensive it's such as um, the game mats and uh terrain it's like why the, the, why not bring your printer and try to do it yourself yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to get into 3D printing too, just f- if nothing else, just because I've, I've made so many STL files through HeroForge.com. But you could for print, like, yeah. I made like a squad of drunken rattlings, and I made a bunch of frog people. Them yourself, yeah, yeah. I just want to, just for something to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 3D printing. Yep, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, finally got gold paint on most of my sisters now, which is nice. Um, now I just got to do the actual work on them but it's actually amazing how uh great null oil still is like i know that's a bit of a meme but like i literally just they're all just spray painted black and they don't look great i put one coat of gold paint on them and just slather them in null oil and uh, at a distance they they look like they're table ready like at a distance you're like oh they're painted until you pick it up you're like that's not painted in the slightest (laughs) um Still waiting on my night, so I still don't know yeah. what I want to do with them. I really got to get my hands on a compressor. You want to airbrush it, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to even start until I get a compressor. Yeah. Uh, I guess oh, yeah. we'll get right into the news. Um, it's been kind of a slow month for 40k news. I don't think there's anything worth talking about. There's well, no, no new factions, no new well, codexes like, coming up. All you can prove that you're in now. I'm, I'm fucking with you. There's a lot of shit to talk yeah, about. Okay. Getting, it's big one, obviously. Is, yeah, you can uh, the Tyranids now. Fucking squats. Can we talk about Leg- squats? Legion of Votun, yeah. Fuck Tyranids. Squats. Squats are yeah. back. Like, that should be yeah. the only thing we, we talk about for the next six episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're back as the Leagues of Votan now, right? The Legion of... Uh, leagues or Legion Le- of... Leagues. Leagues, leagues of, of Votan, Votan yeah. yeah. Um, I, I always... Well, I always... Like explained to people that foolishly would ask me, well, what is Warhammer? I'd explain to them the the various factions in as simple terms as I could, and I'd always say like, uh, Space Marines are knights in space, or monks in space. Sisters of Battle are nuns in space, and Tyranids are bugs in space, and Orcs are Cockney gangsters in space, and fucking Gene Stealer cults are labor unions in space. I don't know what the fuck the leagues of Oton are supposed to be in space. Like the space dwarf. Yeah, but but you know there's more to it than that. I think like a yeah, it's a first brewers first, maybe. I don't know futuristic space dwarf. They maybe? look wicked though. I love their design. Yeah, yeah. They um. I don't know if you've seen the old squat models. Mm, I've never actually seen a no. squat model, but the old squat artwork yeah, was yeah, yeah. very um very 1980s, which is suitable because it came out in the 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was uh they were just insane looking they they had like yeah. uh they looked very do you, did you ever remember the show rocket robin hood no nope. okay it was bad but they uh they looked like they could fit into rocket robin hood or like any of those fucking old 1980s yeah, yeah, yeah. cartoons um 
So I'm, I'm really glad that they cleaned them up because they, uh, yeah, they, they look legit now. They're looks... They do. They do. Do you know why the squats were taken away? They were taking away? Yeah, why they disappeared? No. So in the lore, it was that the, the Tyranids ate every goddamn planet that the squats lived on. Ah. The real reason they got rid of them, and a lot of people came up with, there was all these rumors about why the squats disappeared as a faction, and the big one was that they just weren't selling. Oh. And so GW got rid of them. Yeah. And there was a GW employee who actually was on some forum online or something, and he mm-hmm. commented on this, and he said, that's not true. It had nothing to do with sales. He said that they were selling just as well as every other factor yeah. in 40K. The reason they got rid of squats is they, they couldn't find a way to make them unique. Uh. They, they said that they basically a lot of Warhammer 40K is a carryover from the old fantasy battle game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just set in the the 40k setting right and then they find ways to make them unique and they did a very good job with that with the eldar and the imperium Mm -hmm. and all the different factions like the tomb kings became the necrons the elves became the eldar chaos became chaos again but space chaos yeah and he said that no matter what they did with the dwarves it always felt silly he's like we just couldn't find a way to make it unique and cool and and do it in a way that was respectful and tasteful to the source material mm. it looks like they've done that now it looks like yeah, these yeah. new leagues of Otan they've found their footing they've found they've, a place and they've done uh, very well with it yeah and now they're, they're gonna play it's like more they, they, they don't, they're not as scared of uh, technology advancements so they're like yeah and that's always been they're the, more their tinkerers and they're making their, their, their well that's things. always been their thing they've always been big on technology yeah. even back in the old days um so that's pretty cool that was in epic squats were a big force in epic and they the epic 40k for anyone who doesn't know is is warhammer 40,000 but instead of like a lehman russ being the size of like an eight inch model or whatever it is it was a half inch long yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, an imperial knight would be the size of a space marine model in yeah epic. um in 40k epic uh the squats were really present because they were like look at my tank the size of a mountain look at my tank the size of a yeah. literal city block like they, they were big enough to carry bane blades around that's how big these fucking tanks were i was kind of hoping that the squats ever made a resurgence that we would see just massive fucking force I think they'll, models, maybe they'll tone it down a bit but i think they will yeah I but think, they will I, probably have like big cannons big uh big tanks and yeah i think squats but, are gonna play something similar to a mix of gene stealers and uh militarum tempestus uh in that i think they're gonna be small unit sizes and very elite but a lot of fucking like deep striking shenanigans by like them digging out from under you yeah, and stuff yeah. like that um yeah you have any thoughts on their like how they might play or what they might look like i, th- I think there might be some of this info released but not much uh i don't know when i when i kind of see the, those mold i'm thinking a bit like uh i don't know like I some sort of uh like yeah big vehicles uh like uh, big cannons, big weapons. There is so there is confirmation already that uh, of their units coming out, they're getting a thud gun, a which is already a model. The uh, Death Corps of Krieg use thud guns. All well, the Imperial Guard as a whole use thud guns, but Forge World has thud gun models, and I think they were pretty closely related with the Death Corps units. Yep. Um, I actually wanted to get a whole crap load of them because they they they're stupid good. Like they shoot like. 
four d6 shots a turn at like strength five and they ignore line of sight like they're oh wow so it's artillery oh yeah and they're dirt cheap um but they uh yeah the the squats are supposed to get thud guns which is kind of cool because we're going to get another forge world model in plastic was what that means Mm -hmm. um what we do know is they've got an ancient troopers and five exosuits coming Um, oh yeah yeah. for people who know what that means it's kind of exciting the exosuits are kind of infamous uh because they look like eggs they were they were basically the squat version of terminators back in the day and they Uh. looked kind of like faberge eggs with legs like they they looked like little easter eggs with like an angry face and fucking legs (laughs) um (laughs) but basically it's 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 squats in superpower armor is what it is uh the ancient i think is their equivalent of like a kind of like a chapter master because the squats lived in uh keeps i think they called them yeah they lived in like or strongholds yeah i think squats lived in strongholds but when i say stronghold it's not so much a literal like fortress yeah. as it is like a stronghold is a, a, a term for their community mm. and they were led by i think they're called an ancient an ancient so yeah because yeah. squats are supposed to live a very long fucking time um yeah but we got ancient troopers exosuits and thud guns are the models we know that are coming uh you'll so have some like, th- technology techno- yeah. technological advance melee weapons i think out the gate it's going to be uh short range heavy infantry focused like short ranged elite heavy infantry yeah. um but i'm really hoping like you said that there are down the road some big fuck off vehicles and stuff like massive tanks right, yeah, yeah. uh there is a rumor that they might be getting some men of iron models as well um do you know men of iron no, no men of iron were the ai that rose up and fought against the imperium and as a result ai is now banned in the imperium that's why the imperium and the admech don't like artificial intelligence or computers is because the last time they had them they became sentient and rose against them skynet um basically yeah (laughs) but they were like frighteningly smart yeah yeah, like really really intelligent um there is currently one men of iron model in existence uh came with the blackstone fortress game so they already exist and the reason I, I think I read this rumor on like spiky bits or something and I really need to stress it's a rumor yeah yeah but the reasoning behind it is that the men of iron model just in general design looks very similar to what we've seen released for the leagues of Otan from okay. that fucking squat we saw yeah 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 um, and on top of that in I think the psychic awakening book and a couple other little snippets that they've released yeah. over a while uh, they have mentioned the squats. So people kind of... It did come out of the feel, but it was yeah. hinting that this was coming. Yeah, yeah, um, And when they mentioned the squats, they kept mentioning the Age of Strife, like, really fucking heavily. And they keep talking about how bad of a relationship they have with the Admech. So all of this together means maybe there'll be men of iron in this. Mm. And at least to a degree of, like, here's a character yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. right? Not of necessarily a full-fledged, whatever, yeah, army or something. Yeah, you would be able to have the whole... But, like, uh, is, yeah. uh, is this characters or is this thing... Yeah, the only way I could see them doing, like, here's a whole fucking codex for Men of Iron is we've defeated Chaos. It's, like, the whole story of, like, Abaddon's dead and the Eye of Terror got closed and the Eldar are gone and the Necrons are gone and everybody's happy. Oh, fuck, the Men of Iron showed up. So... I don't yeah. think we'll ever see a Man of Iron Codex for that no, reason. No, no. Is they're just if if they did show up, everybody would be fucked. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, plus yeah, they're all but, dead anyway. Um, but yeah, they're never they're never gone. 
Well, then none they never got. No, but they can always bring it back. What so. it is is the ones that did survive hid. They yeah. went into hiding. Yeah. A um, couple other things worth noting. Uh, there was a website. So remember, we were talking last episode. The Horus Heresy is getting a new release. Yes. A big re-release. Yeah, yeah. With the trailer and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in preparation for that, to kind of get people on board and get new players in, yeah. they've released a website with a, a fucking like it's it's just it's literally just a website that's just a quiz. That you take. Oh yeah, and it's it like tells those, you what you are yeah, as a leader. Really yeah, I, I took Facebook. it. You took it? Where I, are you? I think you said I was. Uh, I took it twice, but twice. Yeah, I took it. T- I want to see what happened if you answered slightly. The one that's right. defending. Uh, the fists. The. Or the iron warriors. I think it was the iron warriors. Ew, you're an iron warrior. I think it says I was iron. The oh, one oh. was uh, more defending and is. Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the, the the two that were really good well, at our, Siege our Warf- Inf- No, Iron Fist. No, no, it wasn't Iron Fist. The Iron Fist are the good guys. Yeah. The Iron Warriors are some of the most evil fucking people. Oh, maybe it was Iron Fist then. The, okay, so you got the two de- like defensive forces yeah. for Horus Heresy would have been the Imperial Fists and the Iron Warriors. Uh, they're mm. both Siege... Bra- they're, they're both Siege-focused. Yeah. Um... I think the Iron Warriors are more on the defensive side of that. So maybe I was that. Yeah. yeah. He said. He said I was. They he, are. The they website are said I was spectacularly that. evil. The <laughs> fucking Iron Warriors. That's. Um. Hmm. They're, they have a guy in their force named Hanzu who is like probably top two or three most fucked up people in 40k. Like he. Uh, hmm. We'll talk about him one day. Um, yeah. He's behind something called the Demon Kilaba, which. Um, yeah, I haven't exposed that to you yet, and I'm not gonna, but it's a fun discussion. Uh, yeah, I, it turns out I'm Dark Angels or Alpha Legion. Um, oh, that's not I too feel, bad. I feel like it was kind of... Uh, you like the Alpha Legion. I love, you always I, tell me you're I crazy. Love you Alpha should Legion. go Alpha Legion. Alpha Legion are by and far the coolest uh, faction, but... It's weird that you haven't even started an army of Alpha Legion or any. any I've never seen. Or anybody. your army could be Alpha you Legion, know, and yeah. you don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never actually seen an Alpha Legion uh, on the tabletop. There was a. I was at this because you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know, right? <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> they're, they're all Alpha Legion. So I was playing this guy who plays Dark Angels. I was having a similar discussion. He was. He was. Uh, he kept rolling really bad. But his art, his dice were all world eater dice, oh. and he was like, "Ah, it's because I'm I'm playing fucking traitor dice, and he's playing dark angels." I'm like, "I don't see why that's a problem." And he's like, "What do you mean? I'm like, we're well, playing dark angels. You're you're traitor." And he he got fucking mad about that. But um, dark angels, they're not traitors. Dark angels. Um, kinda depends who you ask. <laughs> but from there, it says that they're like the most uh, ardent. No, no, no. They want you to think they're the most ardent. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a joke. They are loyalists. Uh, there's, because uh, we're not, I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's a whole big thing. Um, but there's there's a, a reason there was a joke about them being traitor. Uh, the, and it's why are they all hooded and all? Yeah, they're very secretive. Because secretive. Of this. That's yeah. Why, yeah. The the Alpha Legion. Though, I met a guy in uh, Montreal when I was in there for uh, a Halloween party. Yeah. And um, I was in this 
basically i was at this it was like a murder mystery night and we were all yeah, playing were telling you, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then you end up in the kitchen yeah i go in the kitchen to get a beer and then i hear somebody in the corner and he's like yeah so how'd your uh, how's those models going he's like oh i gotta finish painting them I'm like models you say and i, I, ju- think, I ju- jumped in on this conversation and this guy said he he plays alpha legion and funny enough he hasn't actually played he just paints yeah uh, but he tried to get into a gaming group in montreal and I guess for some reason they had some interview process or something where they were like, like, what faction do you play and why do you play them? And he said, I play Alpha Legion. And he meant this as a joke, but he's like, I play Alpha Legion because they're my favorite loyalist chapter. And he said they just <laughs> didn't respond to him. <laughs> like they, just, they, they, they just pissed him off and they didn't talk to him. Um, that, that's mean. Yeah, but apparently I'm Dark Angel and Alpha Legion. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Uh, I should retook it, retake it and see what's... Well, I... Because since I was Orange Warrior, because I was the def- defender or whatever, I don't know, they were... I know they were, like, the shittiest people. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. Um, I, I know Damn. a few people that play them. I, I don't get the draw. But uh, I, I feel like it was kind of pointless for me to take it, because it was kind of a biased quiz for me because i knew what the answers were gonna lead to so yeah, like yeah, i yeah. had a good idea that what i clicked i'm if like you, I, I mean know it's gonna to... lead towards yeah. that and yeah. it, it didn't help that all the fucking like answers had a picture above them of the relevant legion <laughs> like it was like <laughs> do you do the thing that you see reboot doing or do you do the thing you see horus doing yeah. in this picture right um yeah a couple other quick things to talk about by quick i mean this is gonna take a minute uh Tyranid Codex. Um, it's you can pre-order. You can pre-order, uh, as you said. I think. Do you know gonna... when it's actually releasing? No. I tried to find that. And I couldn't I find, couldn't any find info. that. No, I just so, know that every website, that uh, game store or website or yeah. game store, is like, oh, we can pre-order now. Yeah, I like. And then the thing they like get it. Will give us your money, but you'll get it when you get eventually. it. Eventually, <laughs> and then there's they have their own combat patrol. They're releasing a combat patrol for. T- is that for a new needs? combat patrol? I'm curious how many new models are gonna get. Is there a, was there any com, uh, combat patrol for Nids? I don't. Think oh so. no no no! There was a start collecting. That's what. No, it was. there's a combat patrol for Nids yeah. coming out at the same time with the Codex, so it's good. I, I, I guess. Wonder, I wonder if they're gonna get new models for anything because I think they're they're called Lich Guard or Hive Guard or oh, a really horrible looking model. Maybe they'll get an update. They probably have a they, since they, they did a Codex. I have a, pretty sure they will have mm-hmm. updated some of the older model yeah maybe some new gaunts or something because they're kind of dated looking um but what i want to mention with the tyranids is i did see a bit of a leak out of this um they have a new rule called uh, hyper adaptations okay which is kind of cool it's basically their their version of a combat doctrine okay what's unique about this though is every uh fucking hive fleet yeah. has their own the, the hyper adaptations are called biomorphologies mm-hmm. and every hive fleet has two biomorphologies that are unique to it okay but you don't have to choose them until after deployment so you set after up deployment, yeah you get oh. to pick one of two but you set up your armies and then you, see, and then you look at your opponent see what they've done and then you and say then you okay choose. this is the biomorphology i'm choosing um i didn't really get to look at what they are like uh, I, I took a very brief scan of them, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. without knowing anything else about it, yeah, yeah, so it, it was basically Klingon. Like, I where to start? Yeah. But basically, what it is is they give you little boosts about like plus one, minus the AP stuff like that. Yeah. They're like reducing uh, damage at range or something like that. So it's it's just cool little uh, way to to. What I like about that is the the codex or the combat doctrine idea is that space marines are supposed to be adaptable. 
Same thing as for them. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's kind of weird actually that all Space Marines get combat doctrines. It makes sense that Ultramarines get combat doctrines yeah. because that's how they do. But like Templar don't like. Why the fuck would Templar give a shit about heavy weapons in turn yeah. one? Right. It, it's nice that I have it. It's just weird. It, right? Yeah, they could have made their. It more sp- makes more... a lot of sense that the Nids have these though because yeah. I, um, I don't know how much you know about Nids, but their whole thing is like they evolve on the move type thing and like the what they eat kind of like like what basically what they consume affects their Them, yeah, genetic yeah, pool yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. right and they learn from defeat because they're a hive mind if you kill one one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then no, they're all one, linked together yeah. yeah the next one knows what yeah. happened right so yeah, yeah that's why they adapt and each hive fleet actually despite being the same species each hive fleet is unique. evolving different they've all evolved different yeah because <clears throat> depending who you fight and who you think they're they're uh adapting to their enemies exactly uh the last big leak that i saw was uh the chaos legion traits i was talking to yeah, you about yeah, this at yeah, work. yeah 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 so like the missing one from the yes this is this is super exciting um i don't even fucking like chaos and i'm excited about this uh for anyone who hasn't seen this and does play chaos this is very good news so the when the thing is confirmed sorry nothing is confirmed no this is confirmed it's confirmed. Yeah, now? I think this is literally like the same deal as like I, this was leaked information, and I think it was. Oh. Um, I don't know if it was leaked or intentionally released. Yeah. But point is, this is from the codex. Oh, I thought so, you said like they're not in the codex, no, no, so you no, can no, assume. No, okay. That... So this is something else. So oh, okay. The first okay, thing we're talking okay. about is Never mind. Space Marines or Chaos Space Marines. Their codex is coming out, as yes. we all know. Yes. Um. They've always had in this version of the game in in eighth and ninth. They've had legion traits or whatever, which oh, is yeah, their yeah, equivalent yeah. of chapter. Tactics, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but they're legion tactics. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were ever particularly good. And a good yes. uh, good demonstration of this is, that, yeah. I can't remember the last time I've seen chaos on the board that was not fucking thousand suns or death guard because yeah. all the ones in the main codex are pointless. Yes. But now they're getting a lot of new abilities, some more than others, but um, here's just a rundown of them. I believe I got these off of spiky bits as well. Uh, Night Lords are weirdly the ones that are getting the most update. Hmm. Uh, So their Legion trait is twofold. They get uh, a minus two leadership and a minus two, or a minus one to combat attrition tests for enemy units within nine inches. So any enemy unit within nine inches of a uh, Night Lord uh, yeah. model is worse leadership and fails combat attrition easier. They huh. also get plus one to their advance and charge. So they're going to move quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, instead of having combat doctrines, uh, Chaos Space Marines are going to have... I can't remember what they fucking call these things. I think they're called destructions or something. Uh, it's It's... I can't remember what they call it, but basically you've got like wanton destruction, wanton slaughter, yeah. and wanton something else, wanton massacre, mm-hmm. and they they shift every turn. Yeah, it's like you, yeah just yes. like combat doctrine. Yeah. So their combat doctrine equivalent, whatever you want to call it, is in the slaughter phase. Their pistol assault melee weapons are plus one to wound against targets. Plus one to wound. Okay. Yeah, as long as the target has a leadership of less than six. It's kind of weirdly specific, yeah. Ooh, yeah. But keep in mind, Space Marine is keep all... in mind, you're reducing leadership. Even Space Marines are going to be leadership fucking six, six now. five or six, six if they're fucking sergeants alive, uh, five if it's not. 
Yeah, because it's yeah. yeah, it's six and seven for the certain. Yeah. Which means these guys are actually going to be really. But the good the night lords six are reducing the. They no, no, reduce no, no, it no. by two. Night lords reduced by two. Yeah, night lords oh. reduced by two within nine inches. And so then Raven they, the sergeant then and is then failing it. Wound yet. you on plus one. Well, because it's seven to seven to five. Typically, it's t- typically when they say less than, it means l- like not equivalent to. Yeah, because it says six. Yeah, less than leadership six. A sergeant so is leadership is eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a couple various warlord traits, but most importantly, there's one that cancels out obsec within six inches. So if you're near the warlord, you don't have obsec anymore, which is kind of cool if you're dropping him in on a big horde of fucking dudes that are holding yeah, an objective yeah. or something. Um, there's a whole bunch of strats as well. Uh, the most important ones I saw were there's a cancel auras ability. That's me. Yep. There's one that uh, deep strike and reserve units get to deploy as if they are one turn behind for your opponent. So basically it shuffles them. It, it, the reason that's important is if you have reserve units coming off the board yeah. each turn determines Which, right? yeah, the side, and yeah. you can't come in on turn one. Yes. So if you have deep strike guys and you're expecting to come in on turn two I can be like nope you have to wait till turn three. And I don't know if there's oh. a limit on that either right. So maybe you have reserve and you're like I'm going to bring him in on turn two off the side of the board it's nope now now it's turn one for you so then you wait till turn three and then it's oh now you can't come at the far back you still have to come in off your edge because it's turn two for you oh you're always basically yeah there's there's a stratagem you can push them back a turn in terms of how they deploy yeah so it's turn four four, you know it's turn three so you're getting oh there's a no fallback for enemy stratagem there's a fallback and charge for friendly stratagem Mm -hmm. and there's a shooting target is now minus one on hit roll so you shoot at a guy and now he he it's worse at shooting you Um, okay other than that, we got Iron Warriors. These are the guys we were talking about, the defensive, yeah, 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 yeah. the fuck guys. Um, they're kind of cool because they seem to be a more defensive-focused version of the Imperial Fists chapter tactic, yeah. which is very fitting. Uh, their two traits are they ignore cover and enemy attacks that hit them are minus one AP or minus two AP. Basically, enemy attacks at minus one or two AP are the, reduced by re- one. Reduced by one, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty typical. It's pretty basic. Um... Okay. Their discipline thing is in the destruction phase. Their heavy and grenade weapons are plus one to wound against targets that are vehicles, buildings, or in cover. So the building That's thing is pointless, n- but they're better against vehicles and guys in vehicles, cover. Vehicles, but even vehicles. Um, it depends what you're playing. Yeah, Ooh, vehicles, it depends who you're in. Vehicles yeah. aren't big in the meta, but against guard, that could be good. Because guard rely on vehicles and cover a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of units that rely on cover right now. Um... Word bearers get uh, re-roll hits and or they re-roll their hits on the charge and on their heroic interventions. Um, mm-hmm. They get a five plus plus feel no pain against mortal wounds and okay. their pistols, assault, and melee weapons on a natural six to wound cause an additional mortal wound, capping out at three. Okay. So basically, every time when they're hitting you in a squad, every time they roll a six, six. you take a mortal An plus. Yeah, plus yeah. the damage. Yeah. Um, that's only in the slaughter phase. Basically, they're kind of like a more simplistic Templar from yeah. the looks of it. Well, at least they are getting updated. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah. cool that they're getting... Because I don't think they had anything real good for them. Um, Black Legion, which is Horus's Legion, effectively. Oh. So Black Legion are mixed. They are originally were the Sons of Horus, yeah. but they're kind of anyone can join. Um, they ignore combat attrition tests. So basically, you'll yeah. never have more than one guy flee. Um, 
they are plus one to hit on the charge or when targeting the closest guy in shooting. Ooh. So as long as they're shooting the closest thing to them, they're plus one to hit. Uh, in the massacre phase, their rapid fire assault and pistol weapons have exploding sixes. So every six is an additional hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a strat. This is really cool. This really fits the Legion well. Um, they have a stratagem that allows a unit to change its Legion trait for a turn. Hmm. Which makes sense because they will accept anyone, anyone from any Legion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, they also have a strat that allows them to have all three doctrines active for a turn. So they can have wanton destruction, slaughter, and massacre. Probably once, once per game thing? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Huh. It's for one unit. Right? Yeah, but so, still... I, you get I, a big, uh, like, a, I don't know their their units, but you get a freaking big units or vehicles or mean unit. Hey, he has all of that. Yeah, if you do that all the time, though, you're going to burn out. So so what that is, though, is that just means, like, I don't know what the slaughter, do- the slaughter, massacre, and destruction things do, but it's effectively you'd have all your combat doctrines active. Yeah. These other abilities are unique to those legions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, it's still cool. Uh, I... I think maybe maybe it is a bit powerful, but I don't know if they're going to limit it to once per turn because like it, if they didn't and you did it every turn, cool. You well, but you're, you're, you're no running more. out of CP real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, this one I'm the most excited about: Alpha Legion. Uh, they're minus one to hit at 12 inches or 18 inches for uh, models with 10 wounds or more. Uh, they can charge and perform actions after follow uh, after falling back. Okay. Uh, during the massacre phase, they have rapid fire assault and pistol range or weapons at half range are minus one AP, like an additional know, point yeah, minus yeah. one. Uh, they have a warlord trait that can turn your warlord into a sniper, <laughs> which is fucking wicked. Uh, so basically, he ignores fucking lookouts or and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a warlord trait, uh, a warlord trait that allows you to redeploy up to three units. So you deploy when? everything at the beginning. Of at game. the beginning, you deploy yeah. everything. See where people are, and they'd be like, "Nope, these three are coming back." And I think ah. I read that that can actually you can put them into reserves. You can oh, pull them off the board. even you could fake that. You can fake big things. Which is gonna that. say, yeah, it doesn't just have to be a defensive thing. That could be a fucking guy like trick your opponent into positioning a certain way, and then be like, "And these guys aren't actually there anymore." And they're in reserve, and yeah. they kind of got them in reserve. They come in three, exactly, three, three, yeah. which works well with Alpha Legion. Um, That's cool. Most importantly, they still have the, for anyone who is already an Alpha Legion fan, they are keeping the IML Farious Warlord trait, which is awesome. Uh, this is the one where you randomly generate, so, so you give you give your Warlord IML Farious, which allows you to generate another Warlord trait for them. Randomly, you have to roll for it, yeah. but they get a second Warlord trait. When they die, you then pick another character in your army to have the I am Alpharius trait and generate a new warlord trait for that guy. And then when he dies, you repeat the process until every character in your army is dead and your opponent doesn't count as having killed your warlord. Your warlord. Oh, okay, that's, that's what every my every character is fucking gone. That's what my uh, my next question is: if you get yeah. the, uh, the the objective, it says kill a character or kill the warlord. That will be mean because they'll be racking a point. The character, but the warlord, you have to. Do, yeah, yeah it specifically the says. The warlord's never dead until there's no more characters. It, it specifically says your opponent only counts as having destroyed your warlord once all characters are dead. Um, <laughs> there's a relic that once per battle on a 4 plus, all enemy strats cost uh, 1 CP more. Oh, that's mean. For a turn, which is pretty good. Uh, there's a relic set of armor that grants 3d6 inches of movement and allows you to move through enemy units, so you're kind of phasing through. Huh. Um, 
there's a stratagem to allow you to fall back and shoot. There's a stratagem that boosts your deep strike denial to 12 inches. And there's a stratagem that allows you to shoot at a unit that deep strikes. So the minute it comes down, you fucking open up on it. This is for Alpha Legion. This is Alpha Legion. Um, oh, then the, the, one, the last one is pretty... There's uh, also a strat that makes you untargetable beyond 12 inches for a unit. So, so you can make a unit, basically, if somebody's outside of 12 inches, they can't shoot you. Huh. Um, Emperor's Children. Uh, they ignore all negative modifiers to weapon skill and ballistic skill, which is really fucking good. Really? Because they're, if they're, they're guns... Modifier? Modifier? They ignore negative modifiers negative, oh, yeah. to ballistic and weapon skills, oh. uh, which if their guns are the same as they used to be, that means they are shooting you a lot. Um, oh. They also, uh, natural six to wound is plus one AP. Uh, during the slaughter discipline, sixes to hit are exploding in melee, so exploding sixes in melee. Yeah. Uh, noise marines are troops, and they don't pay points to use marks of slanesh. Which their troops were what, what were their elites? They were Noise elite Marines before? are an elite unit unless you play them as ch- Emperor's Children, in which case they're a troop choice. Okay. Uh, there are two sort of new armies, uh, forces. Not new, but they got expanded a bit. Red Corsairs, uh, they're space pirates. They yeah. were formerly the Astral Claws, led by Luft Huron, now known as Huron the Blackheart or Huron Blackheart. Um, they can charge if they advanced. Models count as two for the purposes of obsec, and models with ten or wo- ten wounds or more count as five for obsec. Oh. And in the destruction discipline, their rapid fire, heavy, and grenades get plus one AP. Okay. And there's these ones sound gross and bad. Um, the creations of bile. These are fabulous bills, fucking buddies, um, <laughs> pets or whatever. Plus one strength and movement. That's okay, I guess. Okay, yeah. uh, they fight after death in melee, so you kill them and they hit you back. That's okay, yeah. And uh, melee hits of six auto wound in the slaughter phase. So actually, these sound gross but good. These yeah, but the last two are well, all uh, the last two are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. The six. biggest takeaway though from all of this is that world leaders were not included in any of this. Yeah, that's the next yeah. thing you were uh, telling was, me. That yeah. was the big thing. Was so world leaders. Uh, what we just went through, in case anybody fell asleep during that, um, <laughs> basically, as we said, the Chaos Codex got leaked. Uh, most of the legions are getting updates or unique legion abilities, yeah. so everybody's kind of become playable again. The one that's missing are the world eaters. So world eaters are not in the new Chaos Codex. What that, what that mean? Yes, what that means is sometime in the next year and a bit, maybe two years, we might see a World Eaters Codex. Yeah, and they out. might be working on it. Yeah. Excited what would be in that. I don't know. I was talking to somebody at the store the other day, and they were saying, I, well, what would you even put in that codex outside of Berserkers and maybe an Angron But model, that's maybe but... what they're down the... We kind of yeah. know what they're going to release as codex, but after that, we don't. And maybe that's... They're, that's what well, they're they, working on now. Maybe work, updating their models, getting new models. That's in. the thing. Yeah, they work yeah. about three years ahead of release. But I mean, you could you could say, what would they ever release in a chaos, a fucking world eater codex? You could say the same thing before they release Death Guard, because Death Guard models used to be exactly Typhus and Plague Marines. Yeah, yeah. there was nothing else for them. Exactly why for and the world, world eaters, what are their uh, berserkers? Berserkers, berserkers, cornate berserkers. Okay, yeah, because I know um, there's the noise marine, there's the uh, the rubric marines, and get the, the plague. plague marine. So I was like, what's corn yeah. one? It's so berserker. you have currently uh, 
Angron's not a model, but I'm hoping Angron would they be will. a model in this, and I imagine he would be just massive. Uh, but you got Karn the Betrayer and yeah. the Cornate Berserkers are currently the ones yeah. that are there. There's also a guy named Zufor the Impaler, who is not actually a world eater, but he is a Cornate Marine. He, mm. I don't know what chapter he belonged to. He was a loyalist. And then he got caught on Vrax and tortured until he fucking lost his goddamn mind and decided to put a commissar on a pike and then wear that as a hat. <laughs> and now he's a big Terminator in that worships corn, and he's just, just, just an angry, angry man. Um, yeah, but world eaters, world eaters might be getting uh, a codex in the next bit. Yeah, bit meaning. 20 odd years yeah, or so. Yeah, the Chaos Knight, the Knights, uh, you got Chaos, the Nids you got coming Knights, out. You got Chaos Knights, you got Nids, you got Leagues of Votan. Yeah. Um, if, if GW ends up listening to us, maybe Enslavers. <laughs> <laughs> one model. We can only hope. A full codex for one yeah. model. The Combat Patrol is 150 <laughs> of the same model over and over again. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today, Dion? I don't know. I don't know because we just finished the Chaos Gods. Yeah. And, uh, what episode are we on right now? Eight. Eight, yeah. So episode 10 is Horus Heresy. Yeah. We've got two episodes to go. Yeah. What's today's episode? What do you think? What do you think we're talking about? I have no clue, honestly. My mango bubbly is empty. That's unrelated to the topic. <laughs> okay. I have to now drink my, my Coors Slice of Vec Pamplemousse. Yeah. Um, the, no. ofi- the official beer of oh, the White yeah. Shield podcast. Mm. I don't know. I usually haven't into nothing, kind of. No so guess? I, you don't have any any idea at all, eh? We did the Chaos God and... Uh, no. No. Yeah. I don't have no... Uh, at all. At all. It's just playing at. Okay. Um, again, I didn't want to do this because, again, other better podcasts do this, but... I had this quote in here for another reason. Yeah. Uh, I'll read you the quote. Maybe from the quote you can take a guess, okay? Yeah. You are like a sun, and together we have all but conquered the galaxy. Now the time has come for me to retire to Terra. My work as a soldier is done and now passes to you, for I have great tasks to perform in my earthly sanctum. I name you War Master, and from this day forth, all of my armies and generals shall take orders from you as if the words came from mine own mouth. But words of caution I have for you, for your brother Primarchs are of strong will, thought, and action. Do not seek to change them, but use their particular strengths well. You have much work to do, for there are still many worlds to liberate and many peoples to rescue. Sounds like it's the words of the, em- the God Emperor. That is the word of the God Emperor. Who are we talking about? Huh. I don't know. We are talking about Horus Lupercal today. Horus Lupercal? Horus. Horus himself? Horus himself. We are talking ah. about Horus Lupercal. We're ah. talking about Horus because the entire setting of the 40k as far as uh, humanity is concerned, as far yeah. as the story of humanity is concerned, is predicated upon the events of the Horus Heresy. You can't talk about anything Imperium related yeah. without Horus Heresy. To understand the Horus Heresy, you have to first know who Horus was as a man. Yeah. Um... The story of Horus, I mean, there's a lot of jokes around it, but ultimately the story of Horus is a tragedy. It is a story of yeah. tragedy. 
He was loved by everybody who met him. Mm-hmm. He was unquestionably, unquestionably loyal to the emperor and his ideals, and he was considered to be the pinnacle of what humanity could become. He was also the single greatest enemy the Imperium has ever faced, and he hearkened in an age of fear, paranoia, and violence that lasted 10,000 years. So, do you know anything at all about Horus? Uh... He's, uh, yes, well, you kind of said it at the beginning, was the most liked. I know his, I know his, his legion was uh, Luna, something like that. Yeah, they have technically three different names. They were the Luna Wolves, Luna and Wolves, then they became yeah. the Sons of Horus, and okay. then they turned into the Black Legion after yeah, Abaddon so took over. The Luna Wolves, and uh, him and Reboot are kind of, the, not the same, but they're, uh... Yeah, him and Reboot are very similar. Him, Reboot, and Dorn are kind of... Uh, the, the, yeah. the people they're the uh, most level headed of yeah. the Primarchs yeah uh, I know he was played by the Chaos God that's why he's the Oris happened the yeah. Chaos God kind of played him out yeah because you can show, uh, show showed him two destinies like oh yeah. and both are kind of fucked so them kind and, of them in old Erebus <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of uh, kind of played him out so that's why he, he went bad not because he wanted but because the result that was shown was like, oh, if I don't, yeah. then... He was tricked. Yeah, he was yeah. tricked, yeah. Um, so, very beginning, just kind of information on him. Uh, he was one of 20 Primarchs created by the Emperor in the late 30th millennium. Yes. Due to warp fuckery, him and his brothers were scattered through the galaxy by the forces of chaos. Supposedly, mm-hmm. it was during this time when yeah. he was flying through the fucking warp or whatever. yeah, yeah. yeah. That the chaos gods first whispered to him and planted the seeds of, of oh, rebellion and corruption. They played the long game. Yeah, I think that's a really stupid fucking idea, though, and I think it diminishes the overall tragedy of the story by saying, "Oh, right from the get go, no, I don't like that at no, all." No, yeah. um, because then, why did they need Erebus? Yeah. Why did they need these other motherfuckers? Why didn't they just grab him? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, point is, he, he was scattered, and people are like, "Oh, well, maybe that's when the gods got him." Um, yeah. He was also. I'm going to say this italicized. Oh, yeah. Uh, with air quotes, he was the first Primarch to be rediscovered by uh, Big okay. E and Melkador. Officially. Officially, he was the first. Okay. Um, so Horus grew up on a planet called Chthonia, which by all accounts was a gross shithole. Uh, <laughs> it was a mining world. <laughs> okay, <laughs> A yeah. little bit about Chthonia. Chthonia was extremely close to Terra in terms of, like, where it was in this, space. Yeah, yeah. It was very likely one of the first uh, major planets to be settled by humans. And I don't mean during the crusade i mean like way the fuck back when like humans first left earth and mm-hmm. the emperor was still on earth doing things, things to build the thunder war like before unification when humans left earth Chthonia yeah, yeah. was probably one of the first planets we got to it was mined extensively for thousands and thousands of years to a point where all of its resources were exhausted its danger its surface became dangerously riddled with like tunnels and catacombs like the, literally the entire core of the planet is just it fucking is. hollow it's yeah, just yeah. a, a hunt it's yeah, like yeah. a beehive of fucking yeah yeah, right? the, 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 yeah. Of tunnels and shit and its atmosphere is just insanely polluted it was abandoned by whoever it was that was once mining this planet. Nobody knows who, who settled it. Like, they don't know if it was the Admech or who wanted the fucking resources, but somebody mined it to fucking death and then left. And they took everything with them. Hmm. Um, so they let, they took all the machinery and equipment behind, and they just left the population to their own devices. 
There's a band that they took everything of fucking value from this planet, made sure you couldn't grow fucking anything Anything. on there, took all the equipment, and said, yeah, you're on your own button, and fucking flew away. We're done. So the planet obviously uh, got bad, and by the time the the Imperium showed up, it is now dominated by possibly cannibalistic barbarian kill gangs that are all vying for dominance and control of the tunnels and catacombs and corrupted hive cities and stuff like that. The Imperium gets there. They find there is no material, strategic, or cultural value to this planet. There's nothing of any value there. No, they left. And the people are considered too stupid to be of any value to the Imperium. However, they are a violent bunch, and the one thing the Imperium does need is fucking violent Violent people. people, yeah. Um, So... The people were plentiful enough to feed the Imperial War Machine. So that's that was literally... Mm. Only, they're like, here's a whole bunch of people that we can throw into a meat grinder. That's all we need. Almost all of its youth were press-ganged into the Imperial <laughs> Army. So they just, they just grabbed them all and forced them into the army. Uh, the absolute best of the bunch, and by best I mean the most violent and indifferent to pain, were given over to the uh, Space Marine Legions. Ah. Um, so they get to Chthonia... And we don't know when, but Horace and Biggie reconnected almost immediately, probably. Like, they, it was very shortly after landing yeah. that Horace was rediscovered by the Emperor. There are virtually no records of Horace's life before mm. his discovery. What was, like, he, what he was doing? We what don't he... know what he was doing. We don't know how long it took him to get found. There are conflicting stories. I, I read something online briefly about... He was found at Chthonia, but alternative sources say he might have gone to Earth himself. Mm. But the most, the most uh, like credible sources yeah. within the 40k lore. I'm not saying like people writing the shit online. I mean, the 40k lore itself says yeah. some people say he went to Earth, some people say he was found in Chthonia. The most credible Logical, ones yeah. are he was found in Chthonia, yeah. and then went back to Earth. Yes. Uh, what we do know about him, what little we know. Uh, uniquely, uh, the Emperor found Horus when he was still relatively young. In terms of Primarch years, yeah, anyway. Yes. So, I mean, he was probably like, I don't know, five or six. Had the body of a 30-year-old. But yeah. point is, like, he was still, he still had yet to mature on yes. Chthonia when the Emperor found him. And this is at least partially responsible for his loyalty. Because he grew up, on like the other ones, like Reboot, grew up under fucking, what's his name? The, the, the adoptive father guy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Horace grew up under his actual dad, like, teaching him, right? So, of course, he's going to be fucking loyal. Um, Like his brothers, he very likely thrived in Chthonia's nightmare society. He learned uh, war and combat from Chthonia's violent barbarian kill gangs, but it's unclear, like, if he was part of them, Uh, or if he was a resistance, or what. Uh, I like to think, this is just my own headcanon, I like to think he was a gang leader. Because he's supposed to have, like, a really low-brow accent, and he's supposed to be, a, like, he's intelligent and charismatic, but he's supposed to be very tough, right? Mm-hmm. I, I imagine he would have become that's a That's where that's coming yeah. from, yeah. I imagine been... he would have become a gang leader. Yeah, yeah, So, Horace is found by Big E, and they go back to Terra together. Uh, he was basically raised by him. Yes. And the Emperor kind of refined what he had learned on Chthonia. Like, Chthonia taught him violence and war. The Emperor taught yeah. him diplomacy and tactics channel it to something yeah how to you know how to kill a guy now here's how to choose who to kill yeah how to make sure he doesn't kill you better right Mm -hmm. 
during the unification of the soul system and the unification wars on Terra, uh, Horus, like, helped. And that's how he learned how to be a good general. He learned how to be good to become a good diplomat by, like, assisting the Emperor uh, in forging alliances between the techno-barbarians of Earth and between the Imperium and the Adeptus Mechanicus on Mars. Mm. Very, very rapidly, he was placed in charge of the uh, 16th Legion, which at this point was already named the Luna Wolves yes. like, by the time he took over. Do, do you know why they're the Luna Wolves? No. Remember in the Ultramarine episode, we spoke about the pacification of Luna that took like all of six hours or something and they fucking conquered the whole moon? Yeah. Yeah. One of the two factions that were doing it was the the 16th Legion. The other mm. one was the Ultramarines and the 16th Legion. And because of their uh, efforts, they called them the Luna Wolves. Like the, oh. the Emperor gave them the name the Luna Wolves because they were the Wolves of Luna. Okay. So skip ahead a little bit. 798 M30. The Great Crusade begins improper. Uh, Horus accompanies the Emperor. His legion is attached to the Principia Imperialis, which is the Emperor's, like, capital fleet. So, like, the Emperor's, like, personal battleship, yeah. all his important fleet, the Luna Wolves are the fucking unit with that. So for the first 30 years of the Crusade, he's, like, side by side with the Emperor building the Imperium. Like, they're yes. doing fucking everything, everything together, father and son, having a gay old time. Um... <laughs> At some point, the Emperor kind of detected the presence of another Primarch. Like, he picked yeah. up psychic pings, and it was Lehman Russ. And so he left to go find his second son, and he left Horus behind, and he said, Horus, Take care of it. you're in charge of the Principia Imperialis now. So he just gave him full command of the fleet, and he's <laughs> like, I'm off. <laughs> Have fun. There you go. Um, because... I teach you well, son. Well, yeah, <laughs> he did. Because of his uh, tutelage, like, under the fucking Emperor... He was very well suited for this task, and he excelled as a commander. When Russ was found, and this is an interesting little note, when Russ was found, Horus was very happy that he could meet one of his brothers, but he swore to himself that he would always be the Emperor's favorite child. Oh, wow. He was like, I'm never gonna, yeah. no one's taking my place. Primarchs get rediscovered in the coming years one by one, yeah. they're expanding, right? And Horus was given increasing command of the Imperium's forces. Like, the more that they grew, the more, more power Horus was given. He continually led his legion to victory, and his abilities as a general and a commander became legendary, even among the other space marines. Like, even the other Primarchs were like, this guy... Yeah, this guy's the, this he's the guy's dude. good. He's the dude. <laughs> he's the dude. <clears throat> uh, Horus's early discovery in his campaigning with the Emperor meant that he had a closer relationship with his father than any of the other Primarchs mm -hmm. could ever hope to have. So a bit about the man himself, the the man, the myth, the legend, Horus. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Primarchs on the whole are yeah. all experts in everything ever. They're all yeah. the very best. They're all Mary Sue's. But Horus was most noteworthy because his uh, because of his skills in uh, leadership and diplomacy. Like that's where he excelled. Was he is a very good leader and diplomat. he was extremely diplomatic. Like he was very unique in that he could navigate his way through things Try to with, avoid fight with avoid yeah he he did not he he did everything he could to avoid conflict right which is weird surrender your world you'll be fine i won't kill you all more than that more than i'll get into it but it wasn't it wasn't as simple as just him putting his foot down and being like look i'm gonna steamroll you or you can just say you surrender like he did he was actually a genuinely like genuinely after peace for a lot of ways hmm. um 
He was capable of unifying divergent groups into being a cohesive force. A good example of this is like the Space Marine Legions all have very different cultures and often didn't like getting along. And he would be able to be like, we're all friends. We have one common goal. A really good example is the Luna Wolves were originally all from Earth. And then they find Horus and they start pulling them all from Chthonia. But the ones that come from Chthonia are all fucking <laughs> possibly inbred, completely illiterate fucking cannibal nutcases. Yeah. And the other ones from Earth are not that. So obviously they're not going to get along well, but he was able to be like, no, we're friends. No, we're and they friends. were like, mm, dad oh. said we're friends. Maybe we'd be friends now. <laughs> um, the uh, He was also, this is what I was saying about how he works peacefully. Uh, yeah. He was known to treat newly contacted cultures according to their own local customs. Hmm. So where other space marines would show up and be like, the Empress has shut this shit down. You shut this shit down. You shut this shit down. He would show up and actually like, not just allow it to happen but take part in whatever the local traditions were because he's like, this reduces hostility. He's like, if I show up and I'm like, hey, I'm here to help you, um, but he does it in a respectful way that like, honors their own traditions, that they're probably less likely to meet you with hostility. Obviously, having a hundred thousand power armored supermen from space behind you when you're saying, "Hey, please join," <laughs> would fucking help. Yeah, you're negotiating, but still, this tactic though of him going and like, like ingratiating himself with the local traditions yeah. and stuff was so effective that the crusade fleets on the whole started adopting it like they started kind of doing that because they were like this is really really helpful in avoiding outright conflict yeah however this is also partially what contributed to his downfall was this this him accepting other traditions and cultures which is funny because they kind of make horus out to be like a good guy yeah especially in comparison to like everything else in 40k how xenophobic it is but then there's this one little tidbit where they're like yes but acceptance and tolerance leads to evil (laughs) (laughs) he was also an expert in human psychology and he had exceptional charisma he was capable of reading people so well that he could identify and exploit their strengths and weaknesses at will uh okay he was often able to avoid bloodshed and basically every campaign he was in just using his diplomatic and negotiating abilities to bring worlds into the Imperium's fold. Like, he was able to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, between manipulating people and, like, being tolerant of people, he was able to avoid having to go to war, which is good because, yeah, the Emperor was pretty quick to be like, oh, a little bit of resistance, blow the planet up. But, I mean, their goal was to build an empire. Eventually, yeah, yeah. You can't build There's an no empire, empire with blowing every fucking yeah. planet up, right? Under his commands, the other legions found their strength as well. Because he, he was kind of not in charge of all of them, but like he would lead the campaigns as like field marshal and stuff. And yeah. the other legions, because he's the one deciding where they go and what yeah. to do. And he's good at picking up strength and weakness. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're good at that. You'll go do that. So you, other, you're exactly. The other, yeah. Like the, uh, the Iron Warriors and the Imperial Fists, that's how they became the siege experts is because Horus found that they were good at that. So he started deploying them in positions where they would use those abilities to a point where that's what they're now known as. Yeah. Um, he was able to identify and promote the strength of his brothers, like the other Primarchs, and he was he deployed them according to those strengths. But in an effort to foster growth and betterment between the legions, he also encouraged rivalry between them, mm. uh, hoping that this would encourage them to continually try to better themselves. His idea there oh, was, yeah. if you're all rivals, everybody's going to try to be the best. Yes. 
just massively fucking backfired. Um, <laughs> yes. Massively, because, like, all the Space Marines are basically children. He was also said to never do anything by accident, despite his position as the Emperor's favorite child and the fucking best commander ever. He had this very unique accent that was specific to the low-born common gang scum of Cathonia's uh, Western oh, Hemisphere. Yeah. And most people just attributed to this to he grew up on fucking Cathonia among the common low-born inbred gang scum of the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> more likely, he did it deliberately. Like, more likely, this accent was a deliberate, uh, like, thing yeah. he maintained because he wanted to seem more approachable and trustworthy uh, to his own legion, all of whom were pulled from the common low-born yeah, gang yeah, yeah. scum of Cathonia, right? Yeah. So this, I, I, it took me about 40 fucking minutes to figure this out. The Great Crusade yeah. started in 790 or what did I say, 768, something like that? Yeah, 798. So 798, the, yeah. Th- this, this fucking threw a wrench into my whole night when I was writing this shit. Great Crusade starts at 798 M30. Yes. In the year 000 M30, the Ulanor Crusade happens at the end of the Great Crusade. So 00. 000.m30 yeah. is after 798.m30. It took me a minute to figure. I, I was going back. Like I, I brought up a fucking timeline of the Great Crusade, and I'm like fucking opening up Lexicanum, the yeah, fandom yeah, yeah. wiki, fucking one D four chan. I'm trying to figure. I'm like, what? Why? Who made a mistake here? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it is is it goes up to seven. Or it would go up to like nine 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 dot m three zero. Then next year is zero 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 dot m three zero because that's actually the year thirty thousand. Yeah. And then it would be zero zero one dot m three one. Oh yes. So it's a very, very fucking last. confusing. Very confusing. Yes. The very last year. Very last year. Because it's the thirtieth ah. millennium, but it, it's that's the last year, year of, of the thirty. Well actually no, zero 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 dot M three zero would actually be the first year of the thirty first millennium. It's mm. fucking confusing, but yeah. Yeah, so zero 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 Yeah. It took me a long <laughs> fucking time to figure that one out. But Anyway, in 000.m30, yeah. the Ulanor Crusade happens. More importantly, an event called the Triumph of Ulanor. Um, this is going to be a really quick fucking bur- blurb here, because the whole thing about Ulanor is like two episodes on its own. Okay, yeah. But, Ulanor Prime was a throne world of what was the greatest orc empire ever seen by the Imperium at that point, up until, I think, the second or third war for Armageddon when Gazgul showed up. 100,000 Space Marines, 8 million army troops, and thousands of starships and an entire goddamn Titan Legion were sent into the fucking... into Ulanor to deal with this. Oh, shit. The fact that they sent an entire Titan Legion is bonkers. Like, you never deploy... You don't deploy an entire Space Marine chapter, much less an entire Titan Legion... Um, but they sent 100,000 marines, 8 million troops, thousands of ships, and an entire Titan Legion. <laughs> this was considered the highest point of the Great Crusade. Like, this was the, the greatest yeah, yeah. moment in the Crusade. Uh, Horus was effectively the field marshal of the conflict, and he led the Imperium to victory. Big E decides after 200 years of genocidal warfare that now was a good time for him to sneak away and do secret shit in his bedroom for the rest of eternity. <laughs> so he left. <laughs> In his place, he promotes Horus to Warmaster. That's what that quote at the beginning was, was you were like a son, yeah, and you've yeah. done all this together, yeah. 
he promoted Horus to Warmaster, said, I'm going home, don't ask why, keep doing Dilly. your chores, I'm off, right? Um, he also suggested at this point that uh, Horus rename the Luna Wolves to the Sons of Horus to show his place as first among equals among the Primarchs. Old, likable Lupercal uh, refused. He initially declined to name them because he didn't want to be put above his brothers. Yeah, yeah. He wanted, after the after the Emperor left, and after Horus was now made War, War Master, Master, sort yeah. of against his own will, um, he sought the input and advice of his brothers. Like, immediately he went to the other Primarchs and was like, yeah. what do you think? Like, what, what's happening, right? Uh, he wanted to avoid rivalry and resentment between the legions yes. as a result of his new position. And he felt that his title now set him apart from his brothers. He was already sort of apart, but now yeah, he was now like... now it was official before, that you're yeah. above... Before it was like, Dad really likes Big Brother Horus, but now it was like, Dad just fucking put him as the only beneficiary in the will. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were a lot of other Primarchs, not a lot, but there were other Primarchs that thought they were more deserving of the title, which is disputable, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Horus went by his to his brothers like one by one and used his charism, his charisma and his diplomacy, and uh, a little bit of assistance from some guy named Malogurst the Twisted. Which, um, with a name like Malogurst, you're not going to not end up falling to chaos. Uh, with but the he Twisted, was, I, I think that came after they fell to chaos. But the dude's okay. name was Malogurst. He was his equerry. He was basically like his advisor, and yeah. he kind of helped like guide Horus. That's really the only place he comes up. But basically, Horus went to them one by one to talk to them all, yeah. to try and ease their minds and secure their cooperation and end their worries. I don't think... I don't think this was like a political strategy. I don't think this was him being a general. I think this was legitimately a concern for his brother's feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't want anyone to feel left out. He wanted to make sure everybody felt heard and wasn't overlooked and didn't feel yeah, cheated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the opinions were nonetheless varied. Sanguinus yes. uh, was his best friend. Okay. Lorgar was a greasy dickhead. And I don't know anything about Fulgrim. But those three openly supported this. Like, they were all about... They were, they were all pro Horus. Yeah. It wasn't so much that they were like, yeah, that's a good idea. They were like, you are the one who deserves this promotion more than anyone else. It yeah. makes sense that you have it. You've earned it. Good for you. Angron and Perturabo were fucking mad. They were Angron and they were angry. Yeah, as expected. I mean, those are the two angriest fucking dudes. Um, the wolf and the lion, uh, Lehman Russ and Lionel Johnson, yeah. were both cynical and unhappy about it, but they were not surprised. Like, yeah. they probably both... Yeah, they were expecting yeah. it. like, oh, yeah, they're, as expected. Well, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. both kind of sanctimonious assholes. They'd both be... Yeah, They sure. both probably felt that they deserved it more than anyone else. Um, they also don't like each other. But they're basically the same guy. Um, but yeah, they, they were just like, yeah, of course that happened. Yeah, yeah. Of course he picked him. Um, uh, Big Bobby G and Rogel Dorn and the Khan accepted it. But not because they were like, you're the best dude. They accepted it because the Emperor made the decision and his will was not to be questioned. They were like, if that's what the Emperor chose, then he All had right. a reason. you yeah. got to listen to Dad. It was the last three, though. Uh, Gilliman, Dorn, and the Khan. Uh, he's those are the three that Horace often turned to for their counsel because hmm. he saw them as unbiased and level-headed and unquestionably loyal to the Emperor above all. So mm. he knew that like if he went to Angron and Perturabo, of course they'd fucking be mad about it. Johnson and the Wolf were probably just like 
shut their bedroom door and be like, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. And the other three were, like, constantly trying to fucking, like, suck his dick or something. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> you know, they gonna... prove... anything you said, like, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So he's like, these three are on it because the Emperor's on it. I'm going to listen to them because they because actually... Because they actually... They're, they're sensible. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, the big pictures and they're yeah. more... Uh... I don't know how Alpharius felt about it. I don't know how Kurz felt about it. Uh... And I don't know how Ferris Manus felt. I think Kurz was indifferent, but not the same way that uh, the Wolf and the Lion were. Conrad Kurz. Because he... None of the other Primarchs really liked him. Yeah. Because he was weird. But he liked Horus. And Horus was the only one that gave him the time of day. So he was probably okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, was yeah, probably like, like, all the other brothers fucking bully me and you're the only one who's that, nice. that's kind of nice to me? Okay. When he went to uh, Dorne and Gilliman and the Khan yeah. for advice, this was more like... The, the way it worded it online is yeah. it said he sought their approval as one might seek the approval of an older sibling. Okay. So he went to them You're not okay as their leader. That? No, he went to them because he was like, these three are the most level-headed, the most intelligent, and the most, like, have the best foresight. Yeah. So he went to them because he's like, they're, they're the ones that I need to impress. And they're the ones that I want to learn from. Yeah. Like, they're, he, he respected them. Needless to say, feelings were hurt on the whole. Uh, the Primarchs were all equally upset by the Emperors leaving them, and they all felt abandoned. And they wondered why he wouldn't tell them about what, what he was up to. Uh, Horus, though, specifically grew increasingly unhappy. He felt that the Emperor had taken the glory of his legion's actions for himself. Because he was saying, he's like, I did this. I conquered the yeah. galaxy. And it was like, no. And I think he also felt a bit that the Emperor was putting the glory on Horus. When, oh, it, yeah. when it was actually his legion that did this, the fighting. He was saying, Horus, you, you, you did, did it. He's yeah. like, no, they did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he felt that the emperor was lack, or the emperor like lacked trust in the primarchs because of whatever he was up to on Terra. He wasn't telling them. Yeah, he felt yeah. that he was. He's like, why don't you trust us all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. And he felt abandoned because the emperor left him out in the cold to fight endless wars in his name and build his empire. Well, he fucked well, off. He fucked off, right? Yeah. Um, he grew increasingly frustrated. All the all the primarchs didn't like this, but he was growing increasingly frustrated. Um, because of the reorganization of the imperial government, which was now under the control of the Council of Terra and Mm. Melkador, and they kept putting in, like, new tax policies and stuff, and basically all the administrative policies that were previously sort of under Legion control were not all brought back to Terra, and the the Primarchs were like, what the fuck? We built this for you, why can't we beat the reins of it, right? Yeah, yeah, The big thing that really made him despair, though, was the secrecy and seclusion of the Emperor. Not from the Primarchs as a whole, but specifically from Horus. Because he was like... It would have been one thing if he secluded himself from all of them. Yeah. But kind of talked to Horus still. But he was like, I was your favorite. We were buddies. Yeah. I, I was your son. I followed so you. tell me why, what... Why did you leave me? He's yeah. like, I get why you left the rest of them. Why did you leave me? Yeah. I'm the one that you, you like. Um, and he began to worry that he was failing to live up to the Emperor's, like, expectations Mm. of what he needed. Uh, as time went on, though, the, uh, Primarchs increasingly went off to do their own things. Like, they all went back to their little areas and did whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a small few of them remained close to Horus, like, physically close to Horus. Sanguinus was his most trusted friend, as I said. Yep. And he was the one that actually convinced him to call his legion the Sons of Horus. He, uh, he argued that doing so would help boost the confidence of the other Primarchs and Horus's uh, ability. Uh-huh. And 
because it was and he, he said that that was the original intention that the emperor had he was like he wanted you to rename them yeah. the sons of horus so that the other primarchs would listen to you because it would give you this like extra level yeah, of yeah, status yeah. more importantly though of these stay behind primarchs that hung around was lorgar of the word bearers <laughs> <laughs> who now without the angry eyes of uh, big e on him was eagerly teaching people about the finer points of birdhouse construction <laughs> just without oh, anybody no. telling him about the dangers of condors he's fucking in horace's house <gasps> teaching all the luna wolves about birdhouses and... you know what we uh, the uh, the empress didn't want us to do guess what he's not there anymore <laughs> as soon as soon as dad leaves they'll go down in the basement they're all hanging out and drinking and lord goes like i got a treat for you guys it brings those birdhouses house kid he's like dad said we couldn't do this but i got the birdhouse <laughs> um, like, we're here to drink and have a good time get rid yeah. of your fucking birdhouse um along with uh lorgar erebus was inevitably hanging around a lot <laughs> and he was explaining to all who'd listen to him that well birdhouses are cool secret birdhouses are even, <laughs> even better are even better than birdhouses <laughs> so erebus managed to position himself uh by this point as horace's most trusted advisor so he was he was still word bearer but he was like hanging around yeah. horace enough that lorgar like sent him off to horace and he's he's basically horace always turns to fucking erebus at this point <laughs> Um, this was by design. It was one step in a very long convoluted plan that Erebus and Lorgar had been working on for about 40 or 50 years since the unpleasantness at Monarchia had happened. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about something called the Mornival. So the Mornival uh, was something unique to the Sons of Horus or the Luna Wolf Legion. Uh, it was basically a, a war council of four okay. captains that advised Horus on war and shit. Because like, <laughs> he was a very good tactician, very brilliant yes. guy, but... He was he, listening. Yeah, he listened. He, he saw the value of other people's input, right? Yeah. Um, there were a lot of people that served this council, but by the end of the Great Crusade, its members were made up of... I want to say Ezekiel, but I think it's Ezekiel Abaddon. Abaddon the Despoiler. Yeah. The first captain of the uh, Sons of Horus. So, Ezekiel Abaddon, Horus, little Horus Aximand, who's a different guy named Horus, uh, Tarek Torgadon, and Garviel Loken. Okay. Loken had replaced a man named Sejanus, who had died in a previous conflict, but Sejanus was an extremely close friend of Horus. Like, he was beloved by Horus. Okay. So, basically, the four guys on the Mornival are Abaddon, Horus Aximand, Tarek Torgadon, and Gav Garviel Loken. Yeah. Um, L Horus Little Horus Aximand, uh, was yeah. called Little Horus. This isn't pertinent to any of this, but yeah. Little Horus was called Little Horus because he looked identical to fucking Horus. Oh, yeah. smaller. Um, and there's theories. Like, I, I, I've thought about talking about it. No, no. I, I don't think Primarchs can reproduce, um, yeah. except for possibly Lehman Rust. But um, I thought about talking about it in this episode, but I just didn't see the relevance. Yeah. Um, Little Horus might have been a clone of Horus. Oh. There, there was a theory, and I, I didn't look into it because it's not very important to this. Yeah, yeah. But there's a theory that there were clone, like there were a lot of clonings happening unknown to Horus within his legion, and I don't oh. know who was behind it or why they were doing it. But there's a theory that that had happened because there were quite a few people in his legion that kind of looked like him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oddly, anyway, so. Uh, 
once he was positioned close to Horus as his advisor, yes. Erebus began to ingratiate himself with the Mornival, and he slowly began eroding their loyalty and faith in the Emperor. Uh, yeah. He was able to corrupt Horus's thinking enough that it would influence the Mornival, because no. he would go to Horus and be like, hey, maybe Dad's wrong about stuff, and Horus would be like, hmm, maybe Dad is wrong. And he'd go to the Mornival and be like, guys, do you think Dad's wrong? And they're like, fuck, Little dad thinks big dad's wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe big dad he, is wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was able to corrupt Horus enough that he could kind of influence the Mornival. Yeah. And then he was able to, inf- because the Mornival was now influenced by Horus's thinking, he was able to corrupt the Mornival further to further corrupt mm. Horus's thinking. Yeah. Because if he turned to them and they were already corrupted, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just reiterate the information, right? Start the, cy- start the cycle, yeah. Yeah, Gotta... because he trusted their advice. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, he was only really able to corrupt Abaddon and uh, Little Horus, but that was enough. Like, that was enough to Yeah, work. about 50%. Yes. So, there's this planet called Davin. It's a planet that was discovered early on in the Great Crusade, and it was brought into compliance by the Luna Wolves, alongside other chapters, but predominantly it was the Luna Wolves. Mm-hmm. Davin's people were genetically deviant enough to be declared mutants. Like, they all looked like beast men. Like, they were big, kind of, like, monkey goat-looking dudes. Like, they, they were just big, and yeah. the faces were kind of, like, kind of looked like a ram almost without the horns, but kind of gorilla-y, yeah, too. Yeah. They were weird-looking. But basically, they're, they're a very, very proud, strong warrior culture. And uh, realistically, any other faction would have just fucking killed them all. They would have showed up and been like, ah, you're not really human anymore. We're wiping you all out and this yeah. is going to become a fucking manufacturing world or something. But luckily for them, Horus was the man who took the planet. And he had they, they had impressed him with their courage and their willingness to adapt and learn. Yeah. Because they were willing to, because he showed up and was respectful. And they're like, mm, maybe this guy knows something. So they listened to him. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, they were allowed to live. Okay. I'm sure some got genocided, but on the whole, they were allowed to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The people had a very strong warrior culture, and they governed themselves through things called warrior lodges, which were fraternal organizations that venerated predator animals like snakes and shit like that. Yeah. Um, And they emphasized the importance of kinship, strength, and brotherhood, and they allowed open and honest communication between warriors outside of... A rank structure mm. so everybody within a warrior lodge could talk to each other as an equal yeah, and it yeah. allowed there was no rank they, there was nothing yeah that's how they govern themselves yes. uh horus being horus tolerated the practices he was like yeah that's cool right and he probably involved himself a little and yeah. by the time the luna wolves had left davin unknowing to horus they had adopted their own version of the warrior lodge like they had started their own warrior lodge within the legion and uh the primarch biggie and the mornival had no fucking idea this was going on <laughs> um, the uh creation of the uh warrior lodges within the legions were partially due to erebus and lorgar's scheming like they kind of encouraged it to yeah. happen uh, which is why nobody else knew about it so Makes jump, sense. jump ahead a couple years to, uh, no, yeah, jump ahead quite a few years to 003.m31. This is the first Zenobia War. Uh, this is a planet called Zenobia. The only thing that's really important here is I think the Luna Wolves were there. They fucked some stuff up. But this is when Erebus stole that fucking sword. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. back anathame. So, little background just to remind our listeners. So, what happened in the first Zenobia War was there was this planet called Zenobia. It belonged to an organ or to a little empire called the Inerex. The Inerex was a relatively peaceful uh, society. Yeah. 
that was human and alien. It had many alien species. One of these species was called the Kynebrack. Uh, they, the Kynebrack had always been, like, the, the Interacts really didn't like Chaos, and they had always been against Chaos. The Imperium had no fucking idea what Chaos was at this point, and the Interacts was distrustful of outsiders because they were like, you might be Chaos. Mm-hmm. The Kynebrack specifically had for eons been fighting chaos like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh on zenobia they had a a museum essentially called the hall of devices where yes. they kept all sorts of dangerous fucking archaic technology that they picked weapons. up from time yeah. yeah one of which is the kynebrack anathame which is an ancient plague sword uh i don't know why they had it what it was it says like it's named after the kynebrack so maybe they built it i don't really know the point <laughs> is it's a fucking really dangerous sword, sword yeah. that's somehow associated with nurgle and if you stab somebody with this there is no coming back from it <laughs> like you you cannot heal from this fucking sword so erebus goes to this fucking planet and they're kind of at war with the luna wolves but it's it's more of like a cold war like Horus is there and he's he's yeah. trying everything he can to not, not go to fight, war because yeah. there's humans he's like I don't want to kill the humans if yeah, I don't yeah. have to so he's trying to find a way to peacefully do this and while he's trying to peacefully do this Erebus sneaks over the fucking fence and goes into the hall of devices and steals his fucking Kynebrack anatheme and then blows the fucking museum up and makes <laughs> it look like it was an attack from the Luna, the Luna Wolf which made the fucking Interex attack the Luna Wolves which made Horus just let loose and kill everything and so Erebus was able to cover his tracks by making sure that not only did the museum not exist, so there are no fingerprints, the fucking planet was gone and any <laughs> witnesses were dead. Um, yeah, so 003.m31 steals the anathame. That's really the only important thing there. 004.m31, the next year, Erebus goes up to Horus and he informs him that, hey, remember Davin? And Horus is like, yeah, I do remember Davin. I put a guy in charge there that I liked. He was a good man. And Erebus is like, yeah, dude turned traitor. And Horus is like, well, expartan me? What did he do? What? Yeah, and so Horus feels personally betrayed because he he was actually fairly close with this man that was the governor. I can't remember what his name was, but he felt personally betrayed because he's like, not only were we supposed to be friends, but I put you in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recommended you to the emperor. You are now, you're not only betraying I vouch for the emperor you. you're betraying me personally yeah. because that's my honor on the line here yeah, right? yeah. so he is fucking human he goes to davin with 400 astartes 4000 imperial army troops and three fucking titans and goes to attack this place it was a desert planet they show up and they're like what the fuck because the deserts are now swamps <laughs> and the swamps are filled with the walking corpses of the soldiers that Horus had left behind there under the command of the governor. And they're like, what the shit is going on here? Because they'd never seen chaos before, right? Yeah, they yeah. don't know what's happening. They're just like, there were no swamps here, and now there's poison swamps full of dead people that are moving. <laughs> yeah. This is nuts. Um, this is not how things work, usually. So they're unable to land any po- proper force. Like, they can't really land troops or anything Um, I imagine there is actually a war that happens but the big event that happened here was the governor had uh, built his lair in a downed starship called the Emperor's Glory so Horus lands on the Emperor's Glory with 200 Astartes and they go inside once they're inside the superstructure collapses like the whole fucking ship collapses on them and he's cut off from all of his fucking soldiers 
Right. I don't know how it collapsed. I imagine Erebus had something to do with it. But probably is, because remember in the in the the Ultramarine episode or not the Ultramarine episode the uh, the episode on Erebus. I think yeah, yeah. I was saying yeah. So he had this magic sword and he somehow got it in the governor's hands and somehow ensured that the governor would stab Horus yeah. with it. Yeah, I think this is how is he's like governor's in his house. I'm gonna make sure Horace and his buddies go there, and I'm gonna make sure Horace gets separated, separated so yeah. he's by himself. You're just waiting with his detonators. Yeah. So Horace is, is alone in this fucking build or this this down ship. Yeah, yeah. And he makes his way through, and he manages to find the traitorous governor, governor and kill him, but not before the governor stabs Stab him, him with the fucking Kindrak Anathame, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The sword grievously wounds Horus, and there's no cure they can find. Like, nothing yeah. in any of their technological or medical abilities can help Horus. The Luna Wolves are getting desperate, like, really desperate, to a point where they bring him into the Warrior Lodge that he didn't know about, and they're like, what are we gonna do? And they, they're trying everything they can to mm-hmm. heal him. And eventually they turn to Erebus, because Erebus is oh so smart. <laughs> and it helped him with everything else. And like, also slimy. Like, oh, Erebus, um, Mr. Greasy guy, uh, what do we do? And Erebus is like, well, we can stay on Davin and go to the Serpent Lodge, which is a warrior lodge. Because he said that the Serpent Lodge was a place of healing. He said it was a local healing traditions, right? Mm. So they go to the Serpent Lodge. And Erebus performs a dark ritual that allow the Chaos Gods to speak to Horus's mind directly. And show him a perverse v- version of the future. Mm. Horus sees a version of the future where the Imperium is uh, ruled as a violent theocracy. It's controlled through fear and paranoia, and the Emperor has become a living corpse. Yeah, he and the Primarchs. But this is really important. The Emperor and the Primarchs in the Horus's vision are yeah. worshipped as gods, except for Horus. All oh. of, yeah, the other Primarchs, not all of them, but he sees the other Primarchs worshipped as gods, and he sees the Emperor worshipped as a god, despite the Emperor always saying, "I'm not a god, don't yeah, do yeah, this." Yeah. But Horus. He's not. The favorite child who swore that he would always be the favorite child for some reason is not among this pantheon. That's that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Horus is warned that this is the future that would come true if the Emperor is allowed to stay in power. That he'd become a corpse god and that all this Everything, horrible yeah. shit would happen. And that Horus would be given a second chance at life if he vows to stop it. And during these visions, Erebus took on the form of Sejanus the guy who was Horus's friend in the Warnavald, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and spoke to him directly to better manipulate him. And so Horus awakes, he renounces his oath to the Emperor, and he starts out to build his rebellion, and starts trying to win over the allegiance of his brothers, working at them one by one. It was shortly after that that the Horus heresy properly began. Started, yeah. Uh, that, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover on Horus. Because but do we know what the other vision was? Well, no, I don't think there was another vision. There was there was another Primarch that had a similar thing happen to him that got two visions. This one was basically the gods if... showed him the real future and were like, "This happens if you don't fight the Emperor. If you stay, if you if you yeah. let it let it." What's him funny be. is they they told him the truth. They said, "If the Emperor stays in power, this is what's going to happen." And it's and yeah, the Emperor's still in power, and that is exactly what happened yeah. because of Horus's actions. Um. The next basically big thing that happened after this was uh, the the uh, burning of Prospero, um, which I was I was about to get into that, but then it was getting dangerously close to the Istvan Three battle, which is actually going to be the 
probably the first point we hit in the Horus Heresy episode mm. is Isvan 3. So I didn't want to talk about what happens yeah. beyond this point because the burning of Prospero is sort of part of the Horus Heresy. Yeah. Um, basically what happened is, and we'll, we'll talk about it more at another point, but the, the burning of Prospero basically happened because Magnus the Red uh, at this point got psychic visions because yeah. he, he did magnus always like the council of nikea had happened which was the emperor banned and forbade psychic things yeah, yeah, right yes. and magnus wanted to be a good guy but he never really listened because magnus would always do these like meditations where he would have psychic yeah. visions and stuff come to him to help him guide his legion and a vision comes to him where he sees horus going traitor and he knows this has happened now. yes he doesn't understand why he doesn't yeah. No reason, because he's still the best Primarch. He's like, what the fuck? But he's like, I gotta warn the Emperor. So Magnus the Red, Primarch of the Thousand Sons, projects himself into the Emperor's yeah, sanctum. Yeah, when he said, no one is said, don't bombing. ever do psychic stuff, and he did a big psychic stuff. And he fucked up the Emperor's secret little thing that he's been working on this whole time, which yeah. I'm not gonna talk about, but he fucked up the Emperor's secret little thing. The Emperor is fuming at this, and what he, he the, the message kind of came through, but the Emperor couldn't believe that Horus would betray him. Yeah. Because he still loved Horus, and he's like, my son, my favorite son would not do this to yeah. him. And he's like, Magnus is the one that turned traitor. He's trying to turn me against Horus. Mm, and so he calls true. up Lehman Russ, and he's like, Lehman Russ, go kill Magnus. Or not kill him. He said, go get Magnus and bring him to me. He has to stand trial for what he's done. He's turned traitor. Yeah. And so Russ goes after Magnus. With pleasure. With pleasure, with immense pleasure. <laughs> uh, fucking with orders to arrest him. Horus finds out, and he intercepts Russ, and he says, no, 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 kill him. Plans change. Kill kill Magnus. Yeah. We need and now he's a war master and everything from the Emperor's God, so he's like, fine, yeah. well, it let's go. It was honestly like, if, if it was any other Primarch, like if fucking Dorn had been the one, and he was like, go arrest Dorn, and Horus was like, hey, Russ, kill Dorn? He might be like, mm, mm. that said bring him back. That's suspicious. But because it was Magnus specifically, Dor fucking Russ was like, yeah, I'll kill him. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it gladly. I want him dead. Um, so he, he attacks Prospero with his whole legion. And a whole bunch of shit happened. But basically they fucking burned, like raised yeah. this whole planet. And uh, that forced Magnus's hand into turning to chaos. He didn't want to. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know how much he actually fought in the heresy, but he didn't want to join Horus, but he was forced to because he had to defend himself. It's either that or everyone was dying. Exactly. And he was trying to save his legion. His legion was already cursed and he just wanted to save it was his thing. Um, he's an equally tragic figure, Magnus. But uh, that was the burning of Prospero. Um and that's basically after all this shit happened on Davin. That was basically the next immediate event. Was Magnus was like, "Oh fuck, Horus is bad now because I saw it yeah. psychically." Let's go tell Dad. Dad doesn't listen. Decides to ground Magnus. The older brother takes the grounding too far and burns Magnus's room down. Um, Horus heresy happens. Middle, 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 middle. Years later. Uh, after his defeat on the Vengeful Spirit, which was his flagship, uh, Horus's corpse was taken back to the Daemon world of Malium, and it was enshrined by the Sons of Horus. In the early 31st millennium, it was stolen by Fabulous Bill and the Emperor's Children, so Fabius Vile took it. 
took his fucking corpse <laughs> in an event called the Slave War. Uh, which, from what I remember, the Slave War was literally just the Emperor's children and a couple other legions being like, we need more people. And so they attacked other Chaos forces, were like, give us your people. And it was basically everybody was just fighting over fucking peasants to take back and turn into monstrosities. And the peasants were like, ah, I don't want any of this. Um, but uh, during the Slave War, uh, Bill and his buddies go and steal fucking Horace's corpse, which I imagine is just a fucking effort and a half. Because this, oh, guy, yeah. this guy's like 20 feet tall and he's in power armor um but they cloned him back to life they made a clone of him and their idea was they wanted to bring him back to life as a clone and reignite the rebellion in full swing mm. they're like we're gonna make horse back he's gonna he's gonna unify us all again because we're all fighting and we're gonna take down the emperor because fuck <laughs> him and uh abaddon shut this shit down quick he sought down the he found the clone killed him and pronounced himself the right and only successor to horus he's like no one else and then at that point, because they, they all kind of still venerated Horus yeah. until this happened. Because what actually happened in this battle is, is uh, fucking Abaddon, yeah. his weapon, he has the Talon of Horus, which is his big fucking yeah, claw, yeah, the claw, which yeah. was Horus's. And I think he's also carrying the, uh, I think it's called the World Ender, which is a big fucking mace that Horus had. The point mm. is, he's got his claw and he's got his, his mace. mace. And he goes and fights Horus's clone, and Horus's clone just turns to him, looks at him, and he's like, "Those are mine. Give them to me." And Abaddon's like, "Fuck you. You're not dad." And he killed him. I think he cut his head off. And hmm. at that point, he kind of came to a realization where he's like, "Horus, this this man he worshipped as a god was nothing more than a failure." He's like, "He failed. He he had one thing to do. He had to kill the emperor, and he failed." failed mm. miserably he, he made us come and live in this horrible fucking Bring place the yeah. eye of terror he, he lost yeah he, he's he's lost in the eyes of the gods and we're worshiping him and that's holding us back so that's when the worship of horus fucking ended because abaddon's like i am his replacement and i will lead us to victory and then mm. he went on to lead 13 failures in a row <laughs> over, the, <laughs> over the next ten thousand years um, except for the last one where they blew up Cadia. that one was a bit better um but uh, yeah, that's that's Horus in a nutshell, a very brief nutshell. I mean, I, yeah, I think I, I I was having a hard time writing it because last night I was finishing it up and uh, it, was, it was like fucking two in the morning by the time I was done. And I was looking at them and I'm like, ah, it's just every time I think I'm done, here's another piece of information. And then I realized I was writing. I'm like, wait a minute, this is Battle of Isfahan I'm on now. I'm like, this is this is this is the Horus heresy yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point. I'm like, I don't need to talk about this. There's actually a surprising lack of information. Before that point. Before, yeah, yeah, like, before the event, yeah. Yeah, the battle on Davin, there is more information there. And the settling of Davin and bringing it into compliance, there is more information there. But there isn't, like, battle after battle after battle that Horus took part in. It's He did take part in a lot of battles. He was the goddamn war master. Yeah. But this is basically all you need to know about Horus up until the Horus heresy. And yeah. then it's really the other shit that happened. Why did things happen? So. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Huh. Did you learn anything? Any notes, comments, suggestions? Critiques? Well, I, I think I learned a lot. Kind of knew that Horus was the Primarch. Maybe the the, the more uh, favorite one. That's why. It... See, I didn't know Horus was a Primarch before this. Oh. No, I'm fucking with you. I knew. Okay. <laughs> no, that's... no, but uh, that he was the favorite one, and that's uh like working in uh, like the 
Erebus or the Kaleon working him out to uh, make more people trader. Kind of that I knew, but uh, just the other thing around where, where he came from, like your relation with the others, uh, with his brothers, or his relationship with the actually God Emperor, that he was kind of raised by him mm -hmm. himself. He was, he was raised. So um, that's kind of put him like on the higher, not higher standard, but it's like uh, he got like well, not well raised, but he got like. He had, a, yeah, he had a good, healthy upbringing in comparison yeah. to guys like Conrad Kurz, who had no fucking family and lived on the streets of a horrible hive city and yeah, yeah. murdered people and hung them from lampshades for fun. Yeah, so he kind of, uh... Fucking, the con probably didn't see electricity till he was in space. Like, yeah. he had a pretty comfortable life, I think. <laughs> yeah, like having the, 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 the lesson, the, the, the knowledge of his uh, yeah, direct got, from the emperor. Direct too. from the yeah, emperor. Yeah. yeah, I think that's. Yeah, and it's it's unique in that I imagine his upbringing on Cathonia was probably pretty harsh, but, but he was found young. Yeah, outside of like Gilliman and sort of like like Gilliman did grow up in a martial society. He was a warrior. Uh, Johnson grew up in a martial society again, but he was that was more like. Lionel Johnson's upbringing probably wouldn't have been much worse than an upbringing in, like, medieval Europe. But, on the whole, like, Horace didn't have to fucking fight his whole life in some dystopic, yeah. horrible, right? Like, yeah. Morgar, Angron, they lived in pretty horrible fucking yeah, places yeah. in their upbringing. Horace had it pretty, pretty good. Easy, yeah. Pretty easy. <laughs> even, even in comparison to the other Primarch that grew up on Earth. Like, he had a pretty good time. Um... The one thing I did find interesting in this one, though, uh, that I didn't know was uh, the Warrior Lodge stuff. Because I was, I, I mentioned the Warrior Lodges before. I knew they yeah. were super important to the heresy. I didn't know how they started. I didn't know where they came from or why. It's interesting that they were kind of directly connected to and starting with the Luna Wolves. Hmm. Like, that's where they started, and then the other legions started taking them in. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, or also that it was uh, kind of... Uh... Not peaceful guy, but like you know how like in forty k everything is like oh I'm gonna fight and destroy yeah. everything, blow everything up, and uh, well the fact it's that us, it's uh, you join us or you are yeah, no you more. Yeah, join us or we kill you. But that's like uh, he has even he's having a different twist, this perspective, like just hey you don't have to. Yeah, can, I like that too. I I before like it wasn't more, that I didn't uh, like Horus. Diplomatic and just yeah. like a fight or join. But before it was says black and white. It wasn't that I didn't like Horace. It was just I was uninterested in Horace. I didn't find yeah. him interesting at mm -hmm. all. I actually don't find a lot of the Primarchs very interesting. I, I like Magnus's story. I like Lorgar's story, but the rest of them are just kind of meh. Um, but Horace, I actually after doing this, I really legitimately like him as a character uh, because I like that tragedy. Because <coughs> Zuntite, I like how I like I like the tragedy of his story. I yeah. like that he was tricked. Um, I like that his concerns and everything came out of genuine, like, like, like the reason he fell, the reason he fell to chaos came out of genuine concern for his brothers mm, and, yeah. and very human feelings about the emperor as a father figure about like, why did you leave us? Why did yeah, you yeah, abandon yeah. us? Right. Um, 
the other thing that I learned here that I thought was a little interesting is the whole thing on about Erebus and Davin and the Kynrak about how, like I like that I got some closure on how did he get this fucking sword oh, yeah, 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 into the yeah. hands of this fucking human and make sure a human, human. survived long enough to stab Tab Horus, yeah. right? Like that that's how he did it. And I'm sure Horus being Horus and this guy being his best buddy once upon a point. I like tried. how every character we talked about was and this guy was Horus's best friend. And this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. So Horus was just friends with anyone that would talk to him, I so guess. He probably tried to talk probably tried talk to it talk out to him long enough that the guy ran out, out and he's yeah. like, ha ha and stabbed him and Horus was like, the fucking just backhands him. But power fist backhands him <laughs> so his head comes off. <laughs> Probably cut it off. But, <laughs> just, uh, just clean cut. Yeah, fucking power fist. Your head is now missed. Your body's <laughs> intact. Um, but uh, what I'm wondering is, he got stabbed, but he, he said he was like, there's no cure. There's nothing. But what? What was the like disease or? It was, was like a. So it was like a plague sword. It was kind of decaying. I, I don't know exactly what it, if it was like a necrotic thing or something, but it was it was a magical chaos tainted sword. Yeah, yeah, that that. Was, that that was created um, by Nurgle. Yeah, but I mean more the effect, like what he was decaying. He no, was... I think it was just shutting his body down from the inside oh, okay. out. Yeah, and and putting him in severe pain. Like hmm. I don't think there was like a physical manifestation of it, and that's probably what part of the problem was. Was there, like you you have a cut, but we can't see what's wrong. What else is wrong with you? You're just screaming, and you've never screamed because you're a goddamn Primarch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's one other thing in here that I thought was kind of neat. Uh, I'd really like to talk about the Ulanor Crusade. Uh, this episode ran shorter, which is nice. Not another three hour, a good healthy hour and a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Ulanor Crusade will absolutely be worth a discussion in its own right down the road. Um, maybe not so much. I don't really give too much of a fuck about Ulanor itself. Yeah. But... Ulanor is kind of funny because it's still around, but it's not called Ulanor, and nobody knows that it was Ulanor. It, it, mm. And when I say it's still around, it's literally in a different place. Like the, I don't, I think it was the Mechanicus they did it, but so, the... somehow the entire planet they just went from it. like one end of the star system to like one end of the galaxy to the other end of the galaxy. Yeah, and it, uh, how it was the greatest orc empire ever seen on that planet. It's constantly being attacked by orcs still for some reason. Like, there's something about that planet that orcs just want. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't even aware of it. It's just the, the planet has some sort of magnetic field that... for orcs. It's weird. Hmm. Um, even after they moved it? Even after they moved it, yeah. So, a bit of a spoiler, but I, I'm sure we'll talk about it down the road long enough yeah. that it won't be remembered. Uh, Ulanor is Armageddon. Mm. And Armageddon has been attacked twice by Gazgul Magarak Thraka and his wog. And before that, it was the fucking uh, the, the this guy he didn't even have a name but it was this other orc yeah. war boss ran it um, this is the planet that when Horus and his buddies won they paved an entire fucking continent like they, they leveled yeah. an entire continent to build a parade square and then had a victory parade through this continent um, the parade square was big enough that part of this parade was literal titans and not just Warhound Titans or Reavers. I mean, like, Imperator-class Battle Titans that are the ones that this is, like, a small city block that are walking on down. legs. Yeah. It's like a church and a cathedral with guns and shit on legs walking. The thing is probably, a, like, two, three kilometers in height. So they, they paraded Titans 
through, through a, a fucking parade square with 100,000 space marines. And I think they lined the whole thing with the heads of the orcs on sticks. Like, like it was a whole big to-do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was there that he was named War Master. It was mm. during that ceremony that he was like there's too much shit happening there let's move the planets around yeah well i i don't know like i know nothing about how it became armageddon i don't think it was intentional um Mm. and if it was like nobody else is aware it was literally the ad mech just doing ad mech fuckery and just (laughs) we're like well let's see if we can blurp a planet away we did (laughs) um and now armageddon is a manufactorum world like a really important manufactorum world which is why like normally an orc wog happens and you can't get the orcs off planet and they're like okay just blow the thing up they're like no 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 no, 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 no. Like, we need this one yeah, they kicked they kicked gazgul off armageddon um but there's still orcs there like they can't get them off because yeah, there, yeah. there's jungles on the southern hemisphere and the orcs have infested the jungles and so, so there's they always yeah you have the armageddon steel legion which are dressed like german soldiers from world war Two. like they're they're mechanized yeah. infantry but there's another group of Steel Legion called the uh, Armageddon Orc Hunters, and they look like Katashin, but they're Steel Legion, but they live in the jungles, and they're just there to fucking fight orcs, because the... they, they can't get rid of them entirely, because they keep turning to spores and coming back, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're just macheteing them and flamering them to death. <laughs> and They don't, uh, yeah. they should just burn the freaking old forest. Yeah, but it's, there's enough of them that even doing that, they can't, like... No. Yeah. Plus, the pl- it's it's not a regular swamp or jungle or whatever. It's all toxic. Mm. So I'm sure if they burned a, there's old... a reason they can't or something. Yeah. It's yeah. not burnable. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's super fire. Who fucking knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's Horus, and to a lesser extent Armageddon, I guess. Um... And a little bit of Fafnir, because I think we were recording when we were talking about Fafnir there uh, at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah any any last comments or anything? No, 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 no. I think we are uh, gearing more towards the Oris and getting the end of, uh, not the end, but the, uh, I think the, well, not the main goal, but the main story yeah, I'm, main I'm story stoked. down because as soon as we're done episode 10 we're gonna get some other people on the podcast to talk about who knows what uh we're gonna do pretty much right out the gate there's a lot i want to do i want to talk guard i want to talk destroyans i want to talk uh fucking krieg i want to talk abhuman maybe war in heaven um i want to get into some weird shit too like i want to find really out there yeah, stuff yeah. we're gonna definitely do an episode on tyros the red wake uh, and the space sharks, um, or the Carcharodons. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. Any, any, yeah. any big ones you want to cover? No, no. About, we'll have to look because I, pretty much what I know is what we're talking about or what I'm reading on. It's more like chapter or like thing related. So there's not much. I know maybe you said like, uh, uh, like. Uh, my fluff guy which is real maybe you said uh, like a kind of a fucked up story like real so I might want to yeah read that it. one we're gonna have to talk about some Me few other re- things before we talk might about might re- uh, right, uh, read into that because apparently he's got don't a- touch it don't <laughs> no because <laughs> we're doing that episode and I want gen- when we do that one I want genuine reaction out of you um, okay <laughs> okay but before we talk about the whole thing with Uriel's fucked up story, we have to talk about the Iron Warriors a little bit, and we have to talk about a guy within the I- Hanzu. I talked about him at the beginning. We yeah. got to talk about Iron Warriors. We got to talk about Hanzu, 
and then we can talk about what Uriel did. Because <laughs> um, it is, it is, uh, like, I genuinely don't think I can oversell how fucked up it is. It is, it is a really fucked up fucking story. Um, hmm. Yeah, the Damon Kulaba. Anyone who who's listening who knows what that is, they're, they're going to be like, yeah, that, that's fucked. Um, hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 fans are pretty divided on the whole why it exists and why somebody even bothered writing this story down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, maybe maybe that'd be a good place to. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of Space Marine out to be honest. I don't really have interest in talking yeah. much more about Space Marines, but we'll absolutely have to do Iron Warriors just to feed into that. Uh, maybe at the very least just Hanzu just to feed into that one. Yeah, maybe two, um, well, make an episode with two. Like you don't have to. Going yeah, depth with go, all yeah, the... just Iron Warriors as a whole, and then, and then uh, here's another side on a review, and uh, might this be able is to just skip Hanzu all together and just do right the the story itself. But uh, I I really want to do the Siege of Rax. That one I'm looking forward to. Probably going to be a longer episode when we get to it, because um, that was the debut of the Death Corps of Creek as a, as a faction anyway, yeah, not yeah. the lore. But uh, yeah, it's probably my my favorite conflict in the 40k setting is is the Siege of Rax. Hmm. Yeah, but that's our episode. Yeah. Um, do our plugs. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, you uh, if you uh, don't know where you're listening at, but uh, Spotify, the anchors, uh, mm-hmm. the Google Podcast, maybe iTunes. If we yeah, kind of figuring on, uh, things out, but Apple being Apple, it's. I was looking at Apple Podcasts, but they just want all sorts of fucking... They want your passport, your mother's birth name, and the fucking digits of your credit card, and the first pet you had, and they want all sorts of nonsense. And you want a blank Um, check. Yeah, uh, blank check. uh, So this is where you can listen to us uh, currently. You can always uh, share uh, our podcast either on Facebook. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the White Shield Instagram, yeah. and the Facebook is the White Shield Podcast. Yeah, please join uh, us on on Instagram. As Dion was saying there, yeah, uh, we're, we're posting fairly regularly. I've been bad yeah. at posting a bit, but uh, lately we've been slowing down a bit. But we quite have a lot of well, not a lot, but kind of a few posts up already, and yeah, working working towards posting even more. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us uh, definitely on the Instagram and uh, don't hes- hesitate to uh, share or uh, yeah or, please uh, do podcast. if you find us on Facebook or Instagram please share your stuff with us I'd love to see it um, it's that and share the oh, share uh, our sh- uh, share yeah. our uh, share us out let it yes uh, yeah us <laughs> both ways yeah. yeah share us if you want tell us if you want something you want to talk about or share our podcast around yeah 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 especially if, you, if there's topics you guys want to hear let us know because uh as we were just saying we've got a couple ideas but i would love to know what people want to hear about i've already had one person come to me and that's why we're going to be doing uh, tyberos um down the road but if you guys have other subjects let us know because i'm eager to get into them mm-hmm. but yeah as summation uh find us facebook instagram and google and spotify 